0: You're listening to The Podcast, where you can feast on all the information in the world of sports. Now, here's your host, Tommy You. Hey guys, welcome to yet another episode. And because we record ahead of time, there could be other things that break. But we did want to do just like a little light roundup on some NFL news because it is a really slow time. But um, Darren, I'm actually pretty excited to say there are some NFL news and there might be some even more NFL news that come out from when we record this podcast and when it actually releases. And if that's the case, uh Darren will, and I will talk about that in the next episode slash probably in the chat. But before we you know, talk about or try to forecast some of the future things. Uh, Darren, there are some things that did happen in the NFL, and it, we've been kind of waiting for some veterans to be signed. There are a lot of veteran uh, free agents across many positions, uh, particularly the running back and some in the wide receiver. But the one I'm talking about is my one of my favorite players. And Darren, I'm not sure if you remember – the very first pick in Delco Dreamers uh history, I believe at the time we were going by the Soul Sharks. Terrible name, but that's why we rebranded. Um, Mr. DeAndre Hopkins, uh, most recently played for the Arizona Cardinals, got cut and he was linked to a whole bunch of teams. But I feel like the teams I kept hearing about the most was the Titans. The Patriots and the Kansas City Chiefs kind of as a dark horse. Maybe I've just been hearing that because I'm just floating around too many weird fantasy communities. But he did finally sign with the Tennessee Titans and the crowd went mild. Darren, what is your takeaway about this?
1: Um, I, I think it's interesting because so Deandre Hopkins in the beginning, he said that he wanted to go to a team that had like a good GM, good stability, good defense, good coaching, all this stuff, right? Like he he, said, wanted to he win. essentially said he would like
0: wanted to win a Super Bowl or wanted to play with yes. like a
1: good quarterback. Yes, and I think he saw his market, and he was like, you know what, I'm going to go with the most money, and that was <laughs> what really happened there. Because I do not think that the Tennessee Titans are going to win the Super Bowl. Um, so I think he saw that his, um options there right were between the patriots who were mediocre and the titans who were probably more bad than mediocre um and he was like you know what i'm taking the most money screw it i'm gonna win either nine games or eight games possibly here so uh i'm gonna go with the one where i can take the most money and i think he's for fantasy football he'll still be all right because he's going to Probably act as the number one ish or one A at least. You would think Water that he receiver.
0: would still get like DeAndre Hopkins made his bread and butter through volume. Like any any every yeah. team he's played, whether the quarterback was good or bad, he always did get the volume. And I feel like in the position that he's in now. I mean, if you really look at the other Titans' pass catchers, they have Traylon Burks, of course, a really solid rookie that had a lot of flashes but battled some injuries this past season. Also, the first wide receiver taken in this past year by you, actually. Um, and then, of course, uh, Chigakonkwo was a tight end that surprised a lot of people that I also traded for this offseason. And then we're kind of ignoring the fact that this is all evidently, regardless of this signing, still a run-first team with King Henry. And I think one more takeaway that I want to bring to point before I get some of your uh, takes, Darren, is the quarterback position is kind of, uh, it's not ambiguous whatsoever, but Will Levis was taken in the second round and the Titans traded up to do so. I believe he was the second pick in the second round. So, I think you've kind of been going up the bat with Ryan Tannehill a little bit, kind of saying he's not that bad. And I'm not saying I'm defending your take, but if you really look at the quarterbacks that DeAndre Hopkins has played with, of course, Deshaun Watson being the headliner along with Kyler Murray. But outside of those two, he's pretty he's played with pretty buns quarterbacks. And I feel like Tannehill might actually be. I'm not saying a top three quarterback, but one of the better quarterbacks that he's played with, despite Tannehill's age now. Like, I feel like Tannehill right now is a very, what, like mid quarterback, right? He's not bad. He's not good. He's just, he's fine. He's exactly what you need him to do. And I think he's good enough to at least support DeAndre Hopkins, plus maybe even another option, whether that is, I I think that is going to be Traylon Burks, because I think even with Hopkins there, I feel like Vrabel kind of knows that he does have to throw it a little bit more. And I think the biggest takeaway of this signing is the fact of the Tennessee Titans. It looks like they are going to try to win again. And I feel like that's a little bit um, surprising to me just because of how terrible their defense looked last year and how they haven't really done much to uh, make it any better, which is weird because it is a team led by Vrabel. But yeah, fantasy wise, what are you expecting of this team and what are your thoughts on Tannehill now? because I believe, uh, and I guess Traylon Burks too. I mean, you you really have your fingerprint on the Tennessee Titans there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that they could both um, be like wide receiver two type guys. Um, that's if the efficiency is there, um, because I don't think that there's going to be like a whole lot of volume, but basically I think that the offense is going to go through three men, um, Traylon Burks, DeAndre Hopkins, and Derrick Henry. And then I think the one that is hurt most by this is chig uh, because i think that hopkins and chig are probably going to operate in like similar areas of the field um but i think it's kind of you know how like last year when the dolphins acquired tyree kale and mike was like the only person that was saying this is actually a good thing for Jalen jaylen and he was right um uh, i don't necessarily think it's a good thing for Traylon burks that deandre hopkins is there But I think it could help in the same way that it helped Jalen Waddle. Like he could be more efficient with less targets than he was initially projected to get. Like he's not going to be the main focal point of the offense. But if he's going to be good, he's going to be good regardless of if if DeAndre Hopkins is there or not. Like he's, it's, we saw the same thing literally with DeAndre Hopkins. Like he was there with Andre Johnson and DeAndre Hopkins was still good when Andre Johnson was there. So if he's going to be good, it doesn't matter who else is on the team. Like sure, if he was like, If the wide receiver room was like super crowded and he was like buried on a depth chart or something like that, but like it's literally just DeAndre Hopkins that he's there with like someone else has to get targets anyway. Like, I I think people when they were saying, um, oh, no, he's dead in the water now like that was a little bit of an overreaction.
0: I feel like the only reason that's brought up is because the Titans kind of have, I feel like they're becoming mean because they kind of really go through this veteran. Well, for wide receivers They had Julio, I remember back in the day, what they also had, like, what did they have? Randy Moss at one point. And like Andre Johnson and like just a bunch of older receivers that they always, it reminds me of the Baltimore Ravens. They also do that. The Ravens brought Mm -hmm. like Steve Smith and like all these guys that are old, but I, and, but I feel like, um, DeAndre Hopkins still has at least one more season left. And I'm not saying one more season left of, oh, yeah, he's going to be a top 10 wide receiver. No, I I think those days are definitely behind him. But I feel like he's definitely going to make a little bit more impact. And so that's why I was a little bit surprised on uh, what took him so long, only because I feel like the past couple of seasons really shown that if you get your young quarterback a lot of weapons, it can help them develop. And I feel like DeAndre Hopkins is definitely the type of player that can do so. And so that's why the reason I was surprised is because I think I jokingly wrote, wow, Odell got paid more than DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, To me, that was a surprise just because of the type of player that I believe DeAndre Hopkins still is, but I'm incredibly biased. But let's continue and move on. And there is one more note that I want to bring up that happened in the NFL, kind of, and that is kind of what's happening with the running back situation there. It looks like Saquon was, you know, starting talks again with the Giants on maybe finding a contract extension, but I feel like that... Those talks have really kind of stalled out and everyone knows what's happening with Josh Jacobs um, being a little bit more adamant and being like, hey, like, I really want a contract. Like, I'm not going to show up to camp and blah, 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 blah. And so it's going to be interesting to kind of see how that all unfolds, because we obviously know how the Le'Veon Bell thing already happened. But I think we're getting a little bit too ahead of ourselves. But Darren, what are your expectations on these two players specifically? How do you think this is going to play out?
1: Um, I think the more likely of the two to actually like sit out games would probably be Josh Jacobs. Um, But I don't really think either of them are going to. Um, We literally just saw uh, Joe Mixon a couple of days ago, be forced to take a pay cut. And they were like, Hey man, if you don't take this basically half of your salary this year, pay cut, we're going to cut you and then good luck finding the job. So I I think that like the way that the running back market is, it sucks for them. It really does. But at the same time, like, I think they're going to realize, like, hey, man, I'm going to be making almost $11 million. I'm going to be one of the highest paid players at my position. I know it's, like, doesn't have long-term security or anything like that. But, I mean, I think there's a chance that Saquon, there's a deal done there for the Giants and Saquon. But I think Josh Jacobs will probably be playing on tag this year because he doesn't really have much of a choice. Um, Either that or he gets the tag rescinded. That's like his second best hope, I guess. But then I don't even see anyone else paying him a lot of money like that. So, I mean, I think that these guys just need to kind of wake up to the reality that they're in now. It sucks, but it just it is what it is for them. And I, I literally saw this morning um, the contracts that Chris Johnson and Adrian Peterson signed in 2011. They would be equal to twenty five million dollars per year in today's NFL salary cap. So with like adjusted for the, the era or whatever. Um which like could you imagine a running back being paid twenty-five million dollars right now? Like there is not a single one where I could be like, yeah, they're worth that. They're worth $25 million.
0: Yeah, I feel like era adjusted it kind of makes sense because back then it Adrian Pierce and Chris Johnson, they were the entire identity of their team. Whereas, like, back then, find me one wide receiver that's getting paid, like, just a Christian Kirk, right? And Christian Kirk doesn't even have the most crazy uh, thing. But I think we're both in agreement, as Eagles fans, don't you kind of want Saquon Barkley to get a good extension? Come on, Giants, let's make it happen. Let's make him the highest-paid running back in the league. Let's give him, like, a five-year extension.
1: It's, it's, It's funny now, because you see, like, the organizations that give their running backs, like, these enormous extensions. You're like, yeah, that's a stupid organization. Because, like, if you're handing out you know, ten, fifteen percent of your salary cap to a running back when you could just literally just draft a new one. Like, I Falcons think the Todd Rangers Gurley drafted,
0: contract really kind of. I, I feel is, like this has, has been evolving to the point that it yeah. has gotten to. But I feel like the Gurley situation really kind of resonated yeah. with me specifically. I'm like Jesus Christ. He went from MVP of almost the entire league to just out of the league.
1: Well, yeah. Isn't he
0: only like twenty eight right now, or twenty? Like he's not that I
1: old. I think he's twenty seven. Oh my God,
0: he's 27 yeah. and he doesn't have a job in the NFL like that. Oh my yeah. God, that is unbelievable. To think
1: about, but I, like, I, I really think that you could. So I think you could basically do what the Falcons, excuse me. I, could, I think you could do what the Falcons did this year. You could take Bijan top 10. I think that's actually like fine. I know he's one of the higher paid running backs, but you're going to have that dude for five years. You're going to use his entire prime and then you can just dump him, take a new one in six years. Like there's going to be another guy. So, I, I think that you're going to yeah, have Yeah, like if you have Bijan for five
0: beat. years, you can confidently say, all right, all of his best years it. are now behind him, right? Yeah. Like you're not yeah, going to be like, all right, it. now yep. in his second contract, that's the best of Bijan. I'm going to be like, oh, I don't think yeah. so.
1: Because if you're going to get, like, I, I understand it's a bit like, it's a bit high and you're paying the running back still a lot. But if you, how many dudes are drafted in the first round that just flat out suck? But if you get five years out of really good production from Bijan and then he you just let him go and you let him walk, you, you maybe you get a comp pick too that's that's 100% worth it I don't really blame teams for taking that route because I kind of think that's how it's trending like you just use them (laughs) use them and abuse them and then you just push them away and it's it's sad for the running backs but that's kind of how it is now
0: yeah one last thing I just went to add because we're on the topic of running backs and their terrible contracts but yeah I'm sure you saw Austin Eckler's recent comments where he's like dude I am so pissed because I see like backup wide receivers getting paid yeah. more than me. I'm like, dude, backup wide receivers are getting like double what you're getting paid. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> oh, geez. I, it's not like it's even like, oh, he barely. No, dude, he's making head and shoulders and way like, more money than you.
1: Some of these guys do have a case like Austin Eckler. Like he is like, there Wasn't is he, like not... fit
0: in receptions too, or like something crazy.
1: They compared um, Austin Eckler over the last, I think, three years to Debo Samuel over the last three years. And Austin Eckler's numbers were like way better and comparable aside from like receiving. Um, Debo was a little better, but obviously rushing was a lot better. And it's like you're are comparable numbers and Debo's making like twenty-five million a year and Eckler's making like five. So it, it's they do have an argument. Like Austin Eckler, for example, Christian McCaffrey, like they can be like, not everyone can do what I do. They can do it almost as well. You can get a committee of guys and you can have them do parts of what i do but they can't all be on the same field at the same time so it, you can you could do it by a committee but it's not exactly the same as having that yeah, guy you it's don't like put Christian the same McCashley.
0: stress on a defense because now yeah. you have a player that's so dynamic you're not sure what they're going to do whereas typically you see a certain personnel come out they're like all right this is definitely going to be a run play or something a play action yeah. maybe but not much whereas when eckler's out there you're like jesus the yeah screen still- a run up the middle what's happening
1: even still, though, right? Like if you're paying Christian McCaffrey over like what ten, fifteen million dollars you're paying him over that, you're you're making a mistake.
0: I feel like the reason I feel for not just running backs, but also Neckler specifically is he was also undrafted. So it's not like he came through with a lot of crazy money. I feel like um his extension after his like undrafted whatever contract he got there was probably the most money he's made in like the entirety of when he was in the NFL. but even now him trying to seek a bigger contract. I feel like it's a little different for him comparatively to someone like Christian McCaffrey who was picked in the top 10. And even though he's a running back, he still got his money, um, you know, comparatively to other running backs. Whereas Eckler, he's probably always been one of the better running backs, but um, pay scale wise, he's always been a little bit under, but you know, just don't let your kids play running back. It seems just make them wide receivers or quarterbacks. That's the way to go. Or, you know, in my case, I just want my kid to be a punter because there's literally no pressure or, or so I think, but, I feel like um the way that the NFL is currently going, it's going to be interesting to see how the running back situation goes. I feel like Saquon specifically, Josh Jacobs. I feel like they're holding out for more of like the principle, right? It's not just I'm holding out to hold out, and I feel like Josh Jacobs have yeah. even mentioned that before. So me, who just traded for him, I kind of feel like uh I feel like a clown, but we'll see where it goes. But uh, enough about me. This team breakdown. Is going to be a very interesting one. And I think I mentioned that when you said uh you have the show doc done. I saw we are now going to be covering the uh Wichita whirlwind, of course, owned by Jeff. And I'd have to say before we talk about the team, let's talk about the owner there. Jeff has to be uh, like one of the most interesting, unique, great owners in the league because he is is like the only other owner outside of, you know, the main ones. Uh Like Max always invests a lot of time in this league. Same with you coming on this uh, podcast every single week with myself. But he always goes a little above and beyond, whether he's wearing a suit, ordering things for the league, finding yeah. whiteboard things where he wrote backward. Like this guy is wild. He's been a fantastic addition to the league. And I feel like um his uniqueness is kind of like his team's personality also show that. Wouldn't you agree?
1: Yeah, I kind of feel like on top of that, Jeff is the only person in the league that is almost always positive. Like, I don't think I've ever seen him be like, hey, man, I hate my team. Like, you know, he's always like he never he might think that sometimes, but he never says it. So oh wait, good... there's actually
0: only one moment where I've ever seen Jeff be negative, and that's when he was upset with Matts that he didn't do the trade with him. Oh uh, yeah, uh, regarding yeah, your favorite guys. player, Keenan Allen, who you've mentioned yeah. multiple times in this league. But no, I I completely agree. I feel like he's like uh, he's like a golden retriever. If he was like, you know, in the he's league, or... in exactly, and that's kind of how builds out but i feel like this team is really really unique because as we all know it's well documented this team is the very first team that's ever gone a, the first wild card spot in the pdl he was the first seven seed. yeah, first and only really seven c that does not exist anymore so you could wear that with a badge of honor but i feel like this team kind of finds themselves in a very similar position because when i look through i'm like hey Could be a dark horse, could maybe be another wildcard team, could be a playoff contender. But before we get there, we're going to have to look at how all of the different positional group breaks down. All right. All right, dear. So let's jump into that quarterback room. What does the whirlwind have over there?
1: So the names that I put down, he has two attacker by Loa and Daniel Jones.
0: Not too shabby, no asterisk, so it doesn't look like they have a, Q, a viable QB3. But I'm actually really interested to know your takes on both of these guys because I feel like both of these quarterbacks are really polarizing. So let's start with Tua because, he, in my opinion, he's evidently the uh, lead quarterback of this room. And I know you loved Tua coming out of college. How have you, uh, you know, wh- where do you stand on him after kind of his career arc has been a little bit, Wild, right? Because the potential is absolutely there. But then, of course, unfortunately, the injuries and the concussions are kind of playing in the back of your head as well. But also being connected to such a high-powered offense and uh coach like Mike McDaniel, that's gotta mm-hmm. that's kind of gotta make you feel a little bit better because I feel like the entire team has been behind Tua the entire time, regardless of his like injury status. So that's definitely comforting. So I feel like I'm definitely a little bit more. I'm not saying I disregard the concussions, but I I don't fear that as much because I feel like everyone has the same, I guess, chance of getting concussion. I think the only thing that makes it worse for Tua is it's just whenever he gets his next one, it's going to be,
1: it's going to be all over the news, right? (laughs) Yeah. Like everyone's going to be like,
0: all right, he's forced to retire now kind of thing. So what are your thoughts on Tua?
1: Yeah. Um, I think he's honestly like pretty mid, like I think he's a, pretty average quarterback like he could be like a kirk cousins type of dude and like you'd be saying this if he wasn't hawaiian um i know no, you, you I hate actually, hawaiian people like the, typically he was the i know I, I don't but like he was like the first hawaiian yeah he, he is the one that, that kind
0: of shifted you're like tommy don't don't I was uh, like, you can do it but freak out but i kind of like this guy I be like oh my god
1: <laughs> and it 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 sucks because he kind of let me down like he got to the nfl and then like he was awesome like so awesome in college and then he like became mid which is kind of i guess what baker mayfield did <laughs> and um i think that like he is oh he's okay um he's elevated by Jalen Waddle and tyree kill and mike mcdaniel um i think there is a quite a few quarterbacks in the nfl that could do what he does um but i mean as long as he's there in miami with those weapons like he's going to be pretty good in fantasy football like he he's he was good last year until he got hurt he was top 10 um then he got hurt and he missed a bunch of games but i think he's like kind of that guy that will be a fringe qb1 in fantasy football like more likely a high-end qb2 kind of guy um but as long as he's in miami with tyree Hill and jalen Waddle, i think will be pretty decent in fantasy football
0: what I'm hearing so far is we're both kind of a fan, but we probably wouldn't be as comfortable if he was our QB1. Like, it's it's not the worst that he is, but we kind of be looking over our back, and we would add a very minimum one, at least a QB3, a QB4 on our team, just in rotation, just in case anything goes wrong. But unfortunately, the whirlwind doesn't find themselves in that position, but they do have the luxury because they're QB2 just got a three-year contract extension and just got paid the bag because it looks like Brian Dayball might have unlocked another tier to Daniel Jones because he had a great season this past year, at least fantasy-wise. Throwing the ball uh, is still very, very, I I wouldn't even say mid. I still don't think he's very good. Um, And I feel like the stats also show kind of how mediocre it is, but I feel like it's more of the excitement of the jump that Daniel Jones took just processing the field and using his legs. And I feel like the big reason a lot of people are optimistic on Daniel Jones, despite the fact that he never really shown uh, throughout his entire career, uh, a prolific a uh, passing game with his arm is the fact that I feel like the giants haven't really given him crazy pass catchers. Now he finds himself with Darren Waller, who unfortunately does get hurt a lot, but he is a big target and just a bunch of like wide receiver twos on that team. So I feel like the argument could be made that the potential in Daniel Jones still hasn't fully been uh, unlocked and Brian Dable is on his way to do so. But what are your thoughts on Daniel Jones? Because I feel like um you and I, I feel like our opinion on that carries more weight, but we are NFC East fans. So we do watch every single Eagles game. And by default, at a very minimum, we watch at least two Giants game a year. And I feel that's already more than everyone in the PDL. (laughs) And I'm sure we watch way more than just the two uh, Giants games because we are in the NFC East. So a lot of our games... Uh, that we get, I- I'm sure both of us pretty much watch Red Zone. But sometimes when we're out and about, Giants games are always either prime time, and if it's not because we are in PA and they're NFC East, we always get those games too. So I'm sure we just watch our fair share of Giants games. So that's a long winded way of saying, Darren, what are your thoughts on this guy?
1: Uh, I think he sucks. Um, <laughs> I th- I don't think Daniel Jones. <laughs> just is very straight good. to the point. Uh, <laughs>
0: I mean, as soon as think- you uh, as soon as he got drafted, I think you and I were just cracking up endlessly, being like, I cannot believe oh, yeah. they did that
1: because. David Gettleman, my favorite, you know, my idol. Of your existence, he he, he uh, broadcasted it basically before months before the draft even happened, that they were going to take Daniel Jones at six. And everyone was like, wow, that would be really stupid. And he did it anyway. Like,
0: That's my um, guy. I'm like, dude, what? Oh, my God.
1: It's it's amazing because it is his lasting legacy because they declined. They fired Dave Gettleman. They fired Joe Judge. They brought in Brian Dable, who's a good coach. He made Daniel Jones good enough that they signed him to a very bad contract that they can't get out of for, I think, at least two years. So, I mean, I don't understand why you would want Daniel Jones there. Like, he he's not good. Um, he was good in fantasy football because he ran the football. His passing numbers were pretty atrocious. Um, I... I don't know. Like, I don't understand why you would sign this guy. I would rather be absolutely terrible than sign Daniel Jones to a hundred million dollar contract. Like it makes zero <laughs> sense to me whatsoever. Like I would trot out I would trot out 37-year-old Brian Hoyer before I trotted out Daniel Jones on a hundred million dollar contract. I just don't understand it because I guess they're like thinking that maybe there's another level to what we saw last year, like they can get a little more out of them. But you get a little more out of him. What is he mid instead of bad? Like what what the hell? Like what are you doing there? And you're paying this guy a lot of money just to be average. Like you're not winning the Super Bowl with Daniel Jones. That's just not not gonna happen. Um, if you did, you would have to probably put Daniel Jones on the 49ers roster for that to happen. Um, I mean. I don't know, like he'll be fine in fantasy football for the next couple of years because he's with Brian Dable. He's on the Giants like they're going to use him probably the same way they did last year. But as a real life quarterback, he stinks like fantasy football. He'll be fine for a couple of years. But I think after that, like he'll be a backup or possibly out of the league (laughs) because, I mean, he might be. He seems like he's a nice guy, though, like so he probably won't be like Carson Wentz and be like kicked out of the league, Um, but he'll probably be. Mitch Trubisky, I think in a few years, and he'll be like carrying the clipboard for a better quarterback because I don't think he's ever been good. Um, he sh- probably shouldn't have been, been drafted with the sixth pick in the draft when Dave Gettleman took him that high. Um, that was crazy. That's not really his fault, but I mean, they just wanted to replace Eli and they did it in the best way possible with like a worse she version. Got this clone. Yeah. Like, it's like they got the worst. It's like if Eli was like Gucci And they got, like, Eli from, you know. No, 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 they just got a slider. (laughs) They got a
0: slider. Like, what if it was Eli Manning, but he just couldn't throw as well, but he could run
1: better. (laughs) He could run a little bit. Yeah, just like they they allocated the points. They didn't
0: add to rushing. They just took it away from the throwing. They're like, all right, just make him look a little bit goofier. All right, there we go. Just a slight, a little bit more athleticism. All right, (laughs) there we go. That's. Let's not go over the top now.
1: (laughs) We want a guy that will wear khakis to a nightclub. That's
0: what we want. <laughs> we want to look a like a, a chaperone, a fifth grade chaperone dad at an aquarium. That's, that's the MO we're looking for, but just to put a little bit of context on what you're saying, rushing wise is obviously why you kind of flock over to Daniel Jones. Um, last season, he rushed for his career career high, sorry, 708 yards and seven touchdowns. Um, but I feel like something that's not really talked about is he was, he had a knack of being like a fumbling machine i don't know if you remember Mm -hmm. his rookie year he fumbled 19 times and no that's Mm -hmm. not i'm not making that up uh since then he has gotten better um but it also went 10 fumbles seven fumbles and then last year he did six so it's still a little bit higher than you would like to see uh but the passing is really kind of what makes you a little bit more iffy on him because we kind of know what we get he only threw over uh he threw for over three thousand yards this past year which i guess it was kind of his little breakout because he's The only other time he threw for over 3,000 yards was his rookie year. And uh, speaking of his rookie year, that was also the career high that he had when it comes to touchdowns. He threw for 24 touchdowns, uh, which is kind of great because ever since then, the highest, the second highest uh, career mark with touchdowns is 15. And that was last year and um, it's kind of interesting because you obviously want to see the ceiling for him because you would think that if he is able to get better pass catchers, that ceiling obviously goes up. But there's just a lot of things I kind of baked in with Daniel Jones where I'm like, all right, yeah, you get some flashes here and there, but we know what we have here with Daniel Jones now. And so when I saw that they uh, obviously declined his fifth-year option, and then uh, signed to this huge extension. I got really happy, and now Saquon's in this position where he's probably looking like, oh, my God, you just paid this guy that much money you're not paying me. Uh, I Mm -hmm. can absolutely see why it rubs in the wrong way, so I would be thrilled if they then now extended Saquon Barkley and gave him a lot of money as well because that would uh, set him up so financially poorly. But enough about the Giants. These are the two quarterbacks that the whirlwind do find themselves in, so if you're him... Uh, I'm sure in the back of your mind, you're probably thinking uh, to try to get at least another quarterback in here as a quarterback three that you could either pivot in for buys or maybe for some injuries because we all know Tua's um, track record with injuries. But Daniel Jones hasn't been in the bill of health. He's never did. Uh, He's never played 17 uh, games ever in his career, uh, which obviously is a large mark, but let's try to dial it back. How about 16? This past year, he did play 16 games, which is the very first time in his career. Before that, the most games he's ever played in his career was his second year in the league where he played 14. Um, And yeah, so I feel like durability issues has been a little bit for Daniel Jones. And now with Dayball using his legs a little bit more, uh, you know, you kind of do have to kind of weigh that option. All right, does he have the durability um concerns of being able to withstand the whole season because he really hasn't done so um so far in his career. But you can't really predict injuries. But would that be uh something that you kind of think about when you're kind of looking at his quarterback room, Darren?
1: Yeah, and it's kind of crazy because if he just like literally just had a third quarterback here, like you would probably be like, this is one of the better quarterback rooms in the league. Um it's just like just having three quarterbacks. Like Daniel Jones was, I know he was top 10 in fantasy football last year, but he he does kind of need someone to fall back And I think he has Mike White like to as backup, but that's not like the best strategy to have. Um, I don't think. Um, because like
0: if he had a Derek Carr right now, I'd be like, oh shit, this yes. might actually be like a top yes. three, top four quarterback room.
1: Yes, if he had a Derek Carr, or Kirk Cousins, or like Matt Stafford, Matt somebody Stafford, like that, yeah. Yeah, like I'll be like, all right, this is, a, this is a pretty good quarterback room. Like this is up there with you know, and it's not. He doesn't have a superstar like Pat Mahomes or Justin Herbert or anything like that, but he does. It would be very, very solid. And it'll probably put him in the top four or five quarterback room for sure.
0: Yeah, if you had just Derek Carr and, and those three quarterbacks were like kind of his room, I I would absolutely see a route where I, I would be like, yeah, he has two top twelve quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. It, it could absolutely end that way, especially with our uh, scoring format and the way yep. that his uh quarterbacks are able to get um their points so i could absolutely see that very interesting it's kind of on that fringe so like i said it's very unique and interesting looking room so what does their running back room look
1: like um i only have two names here damian pierce and Ramondre stevenson he does have other guys but i didn't really feel like they were worthy to make the list because i don't even know if like he had Clyde words Hilaire. layer like i don't even know if those kind of guys are even worthy of an asterisk to be honest
0: i mean i feel like that's kind of a little bit of uh I guess, a reputation that this team has. They have a lot of Kansas City Chiefs that you see on here, which is kind of funny because – You and I are very, you know, big Eagles fans and we kind of been up front and be like, yeah, it's almost like our tradition where we almost have no Eagles players. So that's why Mm -hmm. it was so big for me to be like, fuck it. I'm going for uh, Jalen Hurts, which this has burned us before. Remember our startup? I was like, let's get Carson Wentz. Let's do this thing. And we draft them in like the fucking like fourth round. And oh my God, that wrecked me. And now I'm like, you know, let's trade Joe Burrow. I'm completely comfortable, but let me just do this for no fucking reason. But um, yeah, I'm getting out of breath because I'm really upset about um, maybe burning myself. But regardless, it's not about me. Let's go back to the running back room. But the fact that, yes, he only has two running backs that you mentioned, no asterisks with Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Pierce. But based on the past couple of episodes that we've done, not that bad of a running back room, honestly, right?
1: Yeah, yeah I mean, compared to Tanish, he has two running backs. Tanish a <laughs> zero. So, I mean, <laughs> it's like it, we're, we're improving, I guess. Like you, you obviously need more than two. Um, even even for for bye weeks, right? Like you need to start two running backs. So once he has a bye week, he's going to have zero or one running back, possibly zero. I don't know what these guys bye weeks are, Um, but if you're going into a week and you're starting Clyde Edwards-Helaire or like Chase Brown or somebody like that that he has lying down there, Jesus Christ, um, you're probably expecting those are like, like his backup names that would have to rotate in during buys or injuries. Like he yeah, had like the N- Prince, like that other chiefs running back. Like if you're, if you're hoping on those guys for like your bye week fill in, you're probably expecting what, like at best five points for that week. Um, maybe they get lucky and get a touchdown. So um, the depth obviously needs to be worked on here, but I like Ramondre. I think he's a very good player. I do think that the Patriots are still going to sign somebody um, right now. They're the odds on favorite to sign Dalvin cook Um, I don't necessarily think that they're going to sign Dalvin Cook, but the fact that they are the favorite to sign Dalvin Cook makes me think that they're definitely going to sign somebody. Um, And then Damian Pierce, they brought in Devin Singletary. Um, He also, uh, I know we were talking about this before we started recording, but you mentioned that he wasn't really used heavily in college. And then when he was used heavily in the NFL, he got hurt. Um, So if Damian Pierce gets hurt again, then Jeff is in trouble because he would literally have one running back.
0: I feel like this is definitely an interesting position to be in because it would be hypocritical to be like, oh, yeah, this running back room is struggling. I don't think so. Just because if you look at the other teams in the PDL, some teams just don't even have any running back, let alone mm-hmm. someone like a Ramondre Stevenson, who is right now. Oh, man. there yeah, Has mm-hmm. there been anyone who's gone uh, as big of a glow up as Ramondre Stevenson outside of maybe um, – I'm trying to think of other pl- – what, what what other – player has had this much of a glow up this off season. Like I can't even say Garrett Wilson because he won like what offensive rookie of the year or offensive. Yeah. Yeah. Rookie of the year. And he just got Aaron Rodgers. So of course he's the new hotness, but he kind of was the hotness for a while. I I feel like there aren't many other players that were kind of like a reminder. Stevenson where there's kind of been like a steady, a drumbeat for him. Like even when he started to get big, like the dynasty community is like, oh yeah, this guy could be the guy that gets really big. And he was kind of like a late round flyer for a lot of people. And then he started to pan out. He finally put together a great season this past year. I know right now the Patriots are odds-on favorites to sign uh, Cook and may- or maybe another veteran, kind of like what you're predicting. But if you look at the transactions that the run- uh the Patriots have done, they just really just kind of let running backs go, and they just kind of kept Stevenson and Bill Belichick has very weirdly been very positive am- about Ramondre Stevenson, even while he's playing there, which is not really something that Bill Belichick typically does to uh like current players, unless you've been like grandfathered in kind of thing. But um, mm-hmm. I feel like um. Be- just because he has Ramondre Stevenson, that already puts him uh, a little bit higher than a lot of um, I guess other PDL teams that just don't really have that type of running back because Ramondre Stevenson profiles as also like a workhorse but Damian Pierce, also a very, very exciting running back like we mentioned, but because he has no other running back, I kind of find myself in a very similar position with the quarterback room being like, hey these are two fine, great running backs just like Tua and Daniel Runners. two fine, great quarterbacks, but it would just give a little bit more peace of mind having a little bit more depth, and we're not talking about star players. We're talking about it could just be maybe, um, you know, some backups on other teams or someone that might be able to get some volume. But just kind of like what you mentioned, if you if we're in a bye week and you're throwing out generic Prince out there, oh god, that's uh, that's a little bit concerning, right?
1: Yeah, I would say um, you're kind of hoping for the best really um you're just hoping that something goes in your favor because you're not really expecting a type of guy like that to get a lot of volume so you're just hoping that you know pacheco is gassed and they're like all right this guy whatever your number is get in there because you're the only running back that hasn't got a touch yet and we just need this one yard and i feel like you can do that so um it's it's interesting to it's an interesting strategy um I think that we'll talk about this a little bit more later. Um, But Jeff's team is like very kind of top heavy at some positions. Um, And he's he's kind of like before we start recording, I compare him to like the Atlanta Hawks and not the current Atlanta Hawks. the Atlanta Hawks from like when we were younger, like 10 years ago, where they were always in the playoffs. Man, we made it so far before making
0: an NBA comparison. Greg is.
1: (laughs) I know. So I have, to, I have to give it context. They were always in the playoffs. They were always hanging around, but they were, like, pretty mid, and they weren't ever, like, a threat to win the title. They were just, like, there. They just, like, floated around. They just um, existed. They're like, hey, and- <laughs> we're here
0: to be in the postseason. This is great. Like, but, that's uh, all the owner cared I- about.
1: Yeah, he was like, <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to make the all right, playoffs. Who
0: wants our first around buying the playoffs You get the playoffs?
1: And, and we saw Jeff last year, right? He made the playoffs as a seven seed, so he got in, and that's the only time that we'll ever have a seven seed playoff. Um, but he got in and he got wrecked by you, and you didn't even have a second quarterback, so um, that's not a great way, in my opinion, at least because I speak from experience. I made the playoffs a few times and I lost both times in the first round. I wasn't really like thrilled about it, you know, so um, I'm sure Jeff wasn't either. So to me, it's like he's kind of still in that same realm, um, and he needs to be fully, fully healthy in the playoffs, and I mean, injuries are pretty inevitable, wouldn't you say?
0: I agree, but I feel like for whatever reason, there's always one team that just gets like blessed with like the That's luck, true. Of God. <laughs> Uh there was Hollywood, there was Dubrovnik, and hey, maybe it's gonna be Wichita this year. Cause couldn't okay. you see that? You could paint the yeah. picture. Look at this roster. Just imagine no one gets hurt and everyone just kind of performs. Um, we're about to get into the wide receiver room. Let's say some of the young guys that he drafted starts to pan out, like this could very well happen. So, hey, let's stop um holding up this and creating the suspense. What does the wide receiver room look like? Because just like uh with everyone else in the PDL, it's a little bit unique because we have to start three, so it's more often than not, we talk about a lot of different wide receivers when we get to about this part of the show.
1: So the depth is a, a bit better here. Um, he has T Higgins. He's the headliner. Then Christian Watson, Keenan Allen, Jacoby Myers, Quinton Johnston, uh, Rashie Rice, Adam Thielen, Asterisk, Corey Davis, and Curtis Samuel. They both also have Asterisk. Um, to me, I think this is like a solid wide receiver room but like there's no like superstar um that's included in here I guess the closest thing to that would be Keenan Allen but that's like a couple years ago probably um T Higgins is borderline I think Christian Watson could get there um but that kind of hinges on Jordan Love which I personally don't think he's very good so Maybe that takes a little bit longer. Ryan just fell months. to his
0: knees at a very expensive California, LA grocery store listening to this <laughs> podcast.
1: Or, or getting $10 an hour or $10 per gallon gas in California. <laughs> he just fell to his knees. <laughs> he has no idea why, <laughs> but I mean, Jordan Love could be good. Like he did sit behind Aaron Rodgers and blah, 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 and all that stuff that they want to say, but like, he wasn't good in college. He was a bad first round pick um he was a reach of a first round pick they should have never taken him that high um you don't it's kind of stupid to take a quarterback in the first round and let him sit for four years in the modern nfl no it
0: worked because they just <laughs> did it to piss off aaron Rodgers, so he won and back he to back. MVPs. exactly so if you really, really look at it that way it
1: was kind of worth it they did right? win a zero well, so really mean, work. yeah that's fair
0: i mean that's the packers whole life story you had two back-to-back <laughs> mvp um, and arguably, you win two bowls. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, arguably the best two quarterbacks we probably have seen in those generations. Right. Uh, uh-huh. Say what you will about Brett Favre, a piece of shit human being, but he was like Patrick Mahomes before Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, like he was great. launching bombs, and he was so uh-huh. much fun to watch. And then I was like, there's no way like anyone's going to be more fun than that to watch. And what happens? Aaron Rodgers, are, like if Lincoln, when he gets old enough to ask me about football, he's probably going to ask me, Dad, who are the most fun quarterbacks you've ever watched? It's going to be really hard for me to say, like, well, obviously Patrick Mahomes. Lamar Jackson has been a lot of fun to watch. But then I'm right up there. I'm going to be like, honestly, fucking Aaron Rodgers, dude. Like, the Hail marys yeah. that he throws, a little flick of the wrist. Like, he's a gunslinger. He's a lot of fun to watch. And so, yeah, to only be able to win two, that's unbelievable. Now, we're, we're talking too much about Jordan Love. But the one thing uh, I, I do want to add before you continue on about your opinion in this uh, Wichita wide receiver room is... During this time doing this podcast with you, Darren, I feel like one thing I've come to a realization is I got to buy you a Keenan Allen jersey. I know you memed up about my love about Derek Carr. And the only time I would only just defend him because you would trash him so much. But now I just feel like you bring up Keenan Allen so much (laughs) to the point where, dude, I I think I'm going to buy you one. I'll get you the baby
1: blue. I like Keenan Allen. No, you love Keenan Allen. He's been good for a long time. A long time. Now he just is old, and he feel I feel like he gets hurt every season. Now, Um it's just like I don't know. Like he's he's still probably going to be good this year, but like he's probably I mean, Kellen miss Moore's offense. Games.
0: You you got to get kind of excited, right? Just a little bit at least.
1: I, I think so, but at the same time, he was in Joe Lombardi's offense, and they're like short game stuff, and that's where Keenan Allen kind of thrives. So. I mean, it's going to be a little bit better, you would think, because they're probably going to throw more. But at the same time, he was already probably in a pretty good situation to begin with. I I think for him, it's just like his body's kind of giving out on him because he's getting older. Um, You know, I just realized
0: Jeff is totally a homer, not just with the Chiefs, because not only does he have Rice as well. (laughs) Yeah, he has AFC West. He has like the entire Chargers offense with obviously Kevin Allen. He got Quentin Johnson. I'm like, hey, what am I seeing? But. Man, if anyone deserves a player working out for a specific team, I really hope it's Jeff, and I really hope Daneric Prince, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, maybe this is finally his year. Uh, Rashi Rice, maybe he becomes a wide receiver one that the Chiefs have been so desperately looking for ever since Tyreek Hill kind of uh, departed. Uh, man, I really hope something like that works out, but I completely agree with you. This is a solid wide receiver room. Uh, I feel like it's definitely headlined by T Higgins because uh, just dynasty value alone. He's, uh, he's very, very, um, you know, highly sought after, but, there are definitely like all the other wide receivers on here are like a perfect wide receiver three to flexes like Jacoby Myers. Hey, that's great. I'm not afraid that you have him, but he is that depth piece that you need. And then you started to name it, and I think you're being a little bit generous with uh, I guess like the Curtis Samuel, the Corey Davis's, uh, who could be a potential cut candidate. And now I guess uh, technically the Panthers' number one wide receiver, Adam Thielen. So-
1: so I, I was I'm a bit generous, I think, with Curtis Samuel. I just put him on there because he's a talented player, but he's probably not gonna do a whole lot anymore. Uh, Corey Davis, I put him on there because I think he's better than Alan Lazard, but he might get cut because of Alan Lazard. Um just because of Aaron I mean, Rodgers. Maybe because of Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> but like Corey Davis is is better. Like he's better than Alan Lazard, but he just is gonna get pushed to the side, I think. Um it's not really his fault, but Adam Thielen, I think, will be decent because he's like the de facto wide receiver one for the Panthers. Mm -hmm, But I mm -hmm. don't really expect him to last the whole season either because he keeps getting hurt because he's older. He's older. Um, I I feel
0: like come like week like nine to ten, he's gonna be toast.
1: Yeah, I think so too. So you get you'll get a little bit a little bit of production out of Adam Thielen. I wouldn't expect it to be like amazing, but like it'll be something.
0: And lastly, I just wanted to bring up the name. What are your thoughts on uh, Christian Watson? I know um, this was a guy that obviously Jeff traded for it we'll talk about that trade when we get to the trade portion but yeah uh-huh. what are your some thoughts on Christian Watson I feel like I haven't really asked you about him specifically
1: um I I think he could be very good but I don't know if he ever will be um because of said quarterback Jordan love um I think a lot of it depends on him like how Jordan Love plays um because I I like a lot of the stuff that Christian Watson did that last year that was really like impressive was a lot of the fact was due to Aaron Rodgers, I think. Oh my God. Um, like where
0: he literally would hand the ball right yes. off to him, but that <laughs> so, was like forty five yards on the field somehow.
1: Yes. Like it's perfectly placed in his hands, like for a touchdown. And I'm not exactly sure that uh Jordan Love Jordan Loves gonna, gonna be, be hitting able to those do the windows. Same thing. Yeah. So I mean, I think that you're you know you're gonna have a bumpy road ahead for christian watson um who knows maybe jordan love is absolutely terrible they win two games this year and they get caleb williams or drake may or something like that and then you're like all right christian watson he's back on but as of now you know
0: even rookie wide or quarterbacks it's tough to sustain a top wide receiver so at that point you're still waiting and you're still being like all right nope nope year four is when Watson is going to be the guy. And then it's very difficult to kind of project. All right. What are the wide receiver had this career arc where they were an absolute top 10 wide receiver after having this slow of a start. But Mm -hmm. I think my biggest not concern with Christian Watson, because he is explosive as an athlete that definitely translated well into the NFL. Um, but I don't know. I feel like kind of his archetype of a player raises some concern. Someone who was so explosive and getting so many freaking touchdowns kind of remind me of Chase Claypool a little bit. Someone who's also very yeah. athletically gifted and he exploded onto the scene, not because of the yards, but because of his athleticism and touchdowns. And to a lesser extent, and I understand this is a terrible comparison, but do you remember um, uh, Anthony Miller on the brown, uh, Bears? He scored like seven, eight touchdowns his rookie year. It was like the most random thing in the world. And I was like, what what in the world is happening right now? But yeah, I I feel like anyone that um, is really that relevant due to touchdowns kind of has some red flags, but because it's a rookie, I kind of look past it because I'm like, well, it's a rookie. Like maybe this is just who they are because we don't really have any other tape, but at the same time, it's not something that uh, I would get too excited for, but overall, This wide receiver room is very interesting because a year from now, it could look, it can have the same players, but we could look at it completely Mm -hmm. differently. Right. We could look back and be like, Holy fuck. He has T. Higgins, he has Quentin Johnston, the Chargers' number one wide receiver, Rasheed Rice, who's now a baller, um, Christian Watson, who is the number one option for Jordan Love, who just got an extension because he just balled out, made the pro. You know what I mean? Like we could look at yep. this very differently. So I'm very interested to see how that breaks out. Um, but let's just continue for the sake of time. How about their tight end room? Uh, once again, the least exciting room to talk about.
1: Yeah, tight end. I think might be his best room overall um because it kind of covers all the bases sort of um he has Dalton Kincaid Dalton Schultz who who else would have two Daltons in (laughs) fantasy football in a dynasty roster that just is like so unique um Trey McBride so three three pretty solid options at tight end um I kind of think this is one of the better rooms in our league um, obviously the headliner, the one he's really hoping is going to turn into a star is Dalton Kincaid. Um, the first people round. You're already rookie saying from the, the Travis
0: Kelsey Jr. I've heard. Yeah,
1: which is insane. Like, I Jesus. mean like the, the ceiling for this guy. I is guess are talking you're about him hoping... higher than
0: I feel like people have been talking about Kyle Pitts all of a sudden. I'm like, Jesus Christ, what just happened? Oh yeah.
1: And it's like the guy was drafted what, 25th pick in the draft. Um if he has a season, and, and people were saying like if Dalton Kincaid had the career or the first three seasons of Evan Ingram, would you be happy? And people were like saying no. And it's like, all right, what? Like Evan Ingram, yeah, Evan Ingram awesome. had like
0: the best rookie tight end season in fantasy in
1: like a long time. Yeah. He was awesome as a rookie. And I, I know a lot of that was due to injury and everything. Like he was, you know, he Odell got hurt and Sterling of like Jepper got hurt. So like he was forced to be something. Um, but if Dalton Kincaid is that like, you Better be happy with that because you're gonna have like a great, great start. And most rookie tight ends they just kind of stink. Um, but he has Dalton Schultz to kind of help him out in the meantime until Dalton's uh, sorry, the Dalton Dalton thing is getting me a little off guard. <laughs> but if uh, he has Dalton Schultz in the meantime to help while Dalton Kincaid progresses, um, and then Trey McBride maybe he turns into something. Um, I kind of don't really think so. In my opinion, he could still like he was great at Colorado State. But um, when he was drafted there last year, um, everyone was like, oh, it's a terrible spot because going to the Cardinals. Zach Ertz is there. He's under contract for a while. Then Zach Ertz tours ACL. Trey McBride was thrust into the starting lineup and he still wasn't very good. Um, he didn't really do a whole lot. He had a couple games here and there. I think that like he was. But to okay. be fair,
0: kind of like what we're saying, rookie tight ends are very rarely true contributors, and tight ends typically what they say year three or four is where you slowly start to expect them to be big contributors. So even though Trey McBride was thrust in there, I completely agree with your uh, statement. He didn't look that great, but he still made some plays. And I feel like for uh, how young he is, how he's still learning the position, how to play in the NFL. Dude, imagine being a tight end. Not only do you have to go out there and try to outrun, you know, linebackers that want to kill you and, uh, you know, Safeties that are way more athletic than you. Uh now you're also trying to block these defense. Try imagine trying to block Chris Jones and then the next play I'm being be like, all right, fuck. Now I gotta go out there and so, try to oh, outrun Nick Bolton to the corner and try to catch a ball. You know what I'm trying to say?
1: I actually have some numbers to back up my Trey McBride hate because I saw it earlier today. Um uh, hey, I knew we were doing this. Um so Trey McBride finished 42nd in pro football focus receiving grades and 40th in yards per route run among 43 qualifying tight ends. <laughs> oh my God. So he was almost at last. And I know he was a rookie and I know it's hard to adjust and everything like that. But if you're like at the bottom of the barrel, even though you are a rookie, that's probably not a good sign. So like he has a lot of work to do to actually become something like he could stick around the nfl for a while just because like he's a deep solid blocker and all that everything but um he's probably not gonna be a fantasy football star if he can't work on that and improve it greatly
0: dude tight end is such a fucking shit show because like if you were to tell me that (laughs) oj howard would have had the career that he's had i would have called you a liar Because I was so convinced. I was like, there's no way this guy's going to fail. He's a great athlete. He was just underutilized in Alabama, obviously, because it was Alabama. Like, I cannot wait to see what this guy's going to do. He went to Tampa, perfect situation, uh, and then nothing. Than absolutely fucking yeah. nothing. And he's barely staying on team. The only reason he's on team now is just for his blocking skills because he never was the same after his uh injury that he sustained. But uh, I-, I completely agree with you. This tight end room has just a little bit of everything. The safety in Dalton Schultz, the lottery ticket Kincaid, who people are having very high expectations for. And then Trey McBride, who absolutely could get the opportunity. I understand Ertz is there, but I think yeah, you and I would agree. He is definitely kind of done now. I, I mean, he's more there to kind of be... Yeah, as a mentor, but he's not really going to be the guy where uh, Zach Ertz of old, where what his old stat lines would be like eight catches for like 79 yards and like a touchdown, because that's just how Zach Ertz played. Now that's not really going to be a thing. I can't imagine this version of Zach Ertz um, being able to get any separation comparatively to how athletics the young defenses of the NFL. So that is going to. S- be a little bit interesting to see how he navigates through that but let's jump over what does a draft capital look like because it does sound like uh this team so far has a little bit of a depth issue so is he able to mitigate that and kind of get some good returns through the 2024 draft
1: absolutely not he has one fourth <laughs> oh
0: my god so one fourth that is not looking too good i feel like now that puts him up with like someone like me who almost has like no draft capital as well mm-hmm. but that's also because he actually a little bit more active than I thought uh, until you kind of put it on here. Um, he kind of had some fun with some of the draft capital. So I'm really excited to see you uh, tell me some of the moves that he's made. All right. So obviously he was pretty active. So Darren, tell me what are some of the moves that uh, Jeff has made so far uh, this off season?
1: So the first thing he did this off he traded cream hunt to Michael for a 2024 20, second, which I think was, Awesome. I thought it was great at the time. In hindsight, it looks even, better. even better. Um, I know that uh, Michael no longer has cream hunt, but you know, still. Uh then he traded 2024 second, a different one, um, to Mike, along with a 2024 fourth for Isaiah Hodgins and a 308. This one I didn't like it at the time, still don't like it. Um, don't don't really understand it. But you know, different, could be for a, different uh, Hodgins cult. stan. I respect it. I mean, I think he is the only one alive. So it's, it's <laughs> he likes him more than his own
0: mom. He's just like, yeah, even <laughs> his mom's fantasy league, he's like, Yeah, no, I'm not doing that trade.
1: It's interesting, but it's kind of like the same thing where uh, Brian traded the second for uh Khalil Shakir, right? Yeah, like, Shakir. It's like calling a shot with a guy that he thinks maybe will pan out. So I don't know. Yeah, it, it's, it's like me
0: with uh Chigakonkwo. He's uh he's not really gonna do anything now.
1: Because of the Underhawkins, yeah, it's that's great. That an age well, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the age well. It's fine. It's fine. We yeah. all get caught in this. That's why I'm bringing it up. But I, I absolutely yeah. understand it.
1: Then he traded Donald Mooney a 2025 20, second, a 2025 20, third, 3.08 Donald Parham and Chris Evans to Michael for Christian Watson. Um, I think this is great. We saw, um. Max traded a late 2025 second for L Mooney. So it's basically two seconds, two thirds. Darnell Parham and Chris Evans, who those two guys are pretty worthless. Um, so two roster so Michael,
0: cloggers and pretty much so two seconds and
1: third, right? right? So he traded two seconds, two thirds, and he got one of the best players on his roster. I think that's a pretty good trade. Like that's worth it 100% of the time, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this aged pretty well. Then he had like the big draft pick trade to get Dalton Kincaid. I, I didn't put all that on there, uh, but he moved up move mountains to get Dalton Kincaid we'll see how that turns out right um then he did another draft trade where he traded Aaron Jones plus to get Rashi Rice um this one I thought was a bit of a head scratcher and obvious like Homer move right um getting Rashi Rice but who knows like we kind of talked about it and like touched on it a little bit but like Jeff's Jeff probably wasn't like going to do much with Aaron Jones there. So if he, if he can turn Aaron Jones into Rashi rice and Rashi rice actually is like Patrick Mahomes, number one ride receiver. Like he won this trade by a mile, but if Greg, Greg has thrown up his mouth three times because I have said Rashi rice. Now it's four times because I keep saying his name and Greg is disgusted by the, the, just the thought of him um so just his existence anything,
0: brings greg pain uh that, shout out to greg unfortunately you have covid right now but i'm sure how you feel right now unfortunately is how you feel anytime to you bring rice. rice yeah
1: yeah so i mean it's like he could pan out because like there's definitely a lot of the time where like bad prospects and i do i did think that rashi rice was a bad party receiver prospect in my opinion um it does help that he is going to be playing with Patrick Mahomes. like That helps him tremendously. So if there's anyone that can make him into a good wide receiver, a good fantasy viable player, it would be Patrick Mahomes. So who knows what could happen? Like Crazier things have definitely happened, and it could work out. And if it does, he won this trade by a mile.
0: I know this is anecdotal, and I'm sure this is not how Andy Reid does it anymore because maybe it was an old-school tactic, but I've heard stories randomly where – Andy Reed just, like, doesn't talk to rookies. Like, he just doesn't talk to them. um, Because maybe that's just, like, he has to, like, you have to, like, earn your respect up there. I just don't yeah. think there's that much truth to that, only because I, I just don't understand how an offense that is as complicated as Andy Reed's, like, free-flowing offense can work without you really communicating with them properly. But it's just uh, an anecdotal thing I wanted to bring up because you do see a lot of rookies that do go in there. And outside of, I guess, maybe running backs, it's really, um, I guess a surprise when someone so young becomes a contributor right away, uh, especially in yeah. a complicated offense like this. So it should be interesting to see how Rice does, because once again, I know I was kind of saying this uh, earlier on this episode, man, no one deserves more of a hit on a player on a team like Jeff. <laughs> I'm sure he's already yeah. sent the house over to um, Steve multiple times from Mahomes, and he can't get him. So now he's trying all these. Can to get the next guy um he's never really reached out to Kader- for Kadarius Tony so I guess he just doesn't believe in him at all so I guess that's even a more of an indictment on why uh I shouldn't <laughs> be that high on Tony like if the guy that loves every Chiefs player doesn't like Tony I'm like oh god maybe he does suck but um yeah he, he did trade um A a good amount. I feel like Aaron Jones plus to get him. I guess the way when this trade happened, I was like, okay, so he is kind of doing like a light rebuild. But then I see players like a Keenan Allen still on this team, a team like a Dalton Schultz. I can maybe help shore up someone's tight end room that's looking for it. Uh, and maybe even to an extent his running backs that he currently has that might not be able to help him in his window when he's looking to compete when all his other draft picks hit. I think it's kind of getting a little interesting. But before we kind of talk about some of the ideas that we would do if we were uh kind of the GM of this team, uh, what would you say are the strengths and weaknesses there?
1: Um, I think an argument can be made that either wide receiver or the tight end group is the strength of the team. I would probably say the tight end room. Um, but I think there's an argument that can be made that the wide receiver room is a little better than the tight end room. It just depends on like your preference. Like if you don't like Dalton Schultz, if you don't like Trey McBride, and you don't think that Dalton Kincaid is going to be what everyone says he's going to be, then you're probably going to say the wide receiver room. But I would say the tight end room is definitely a little better than the wide receiver room. Yeah,
0: I, I definitely agree with you. I feel like um this team is in a really interesting position because uh, with the strengths – a uh, wide receiver is definitely something that you could throw out there because he just has so many pieces. Um, same with his tight end room. He has a little bit of one of everything uh, and a little bit of depth, which is not something that he finds in his quarterback or running back position group. Um, and I know that's kind of the big weakness that you do have on here is depth. Um, it it kind of, I think you mentioned, this team is kind of top heavy, right?
1: Yeah. Big time. Like um, the biggest weakness here is definitely depth. Yeah. Um, I guess you can say he has it at wide receiver and tight end, but running back and quarterback, especially running back, it's pretty non-existent. Um, He's got two starters, and that is it. So um, depth is definitely an issue. I think you can even make an argument that wide receiver, the depth needs to be worked on a little bit too, because two of the players he'll be relying on are rookies in Quentin Johnson and Rashi Rice. So I think you could say that the depth is even a concern there. So the only one that he doesn't really have concerns about depth is tight end.
0: I completely agree with you. And uh, the reason I'm not um, kind of elaborating too much on your point on the weakness is because how much I want to talk about your actual comment that you put down for his trade idea. Because I was just going to talk to you about some of the I know we briefly talked about all the different moves that he's done but I know one thing that I do kind of like to shed a light on is talking about kind of the storylines that make up after kind of seeing the different moves that he's made, because it's really interesting to kind of see the moves that he's made and kind of the story it tells. But um, what is the comment that uh, you have on here for your trade idea?
1: So I, my comment was, is he in or out? Um, what's his plan here? What's he's, what's he doing? Um, because he's kind of like on the, the fringe, like you said, it kind of looks like he's maybe doing a soft rebuild, but he still has Keenan Allen. So, like, some of these guys, like, Dalton Schultz isn't, like, old. like He's, like, 26 or 27, I think. Dalton Kincaid and Trey McBride obviously are young. Ramondre, Damian Pierce are obviously young. Um, but, like, he has, like, Adam Thielen, Corey Davis, Curtis Samuel, Jacoby Myers. Like, they're, like, older guys that are still, like, productive. They can do it. Um, but then he has no draft picks. So it's kind of like he's moving up to get these guys right like he's moving up to get Dalton Kincaid he's moving up to get um Rashi rice he's moving up to get i think he moved up to get chase brown too so he's like moving up to get these guys he doesn't have draft picks but then like his he has the same amount of draft picks basically as you and max but then his team doesn't look like you and Max so that's like a that's gap in what's going on here um so I think he kind of needs to like just Pick, pick a lane sort of um because in in my opinion at least like being in that like middle tier where you're like just like playing the play making the playoffs and like getting into the playoffs and you're not really like a super threat like i think that if you were the one seed right tommy and you played max or sorry you played jeff and jeff was the sixth seed you'd be like all right nice like i got this locked up like i'm, I'm gonna win like I, I don't think that you would really see jeff's team as much of a threat you don't really have to answer that because i know you want to be nice <laughs> but um I, I think that, like, you, if you saw Jeff as a six seed, or I guess you wouldn't play him because you would have a buy, but so, you know what I mean, um, you'd be like, all right, this is great. So I think that, like, I see what he's doing, like, getting Duncan Cade, because if he has the upside, and if he does somehow hit to the Travis Kelsey level, like, he has a cheat code for 10 years, but the odds of that happening are pretty low. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I just think that, He's in kind of like purgatory land right now because he has like young guys that he probably wants to keep, but he doesn't have enough of them. So he can't like get to the point where he wants to get to. And it's, it wouldn't even make sense for him to trade draft picks. So I don't really know what he does, um, because like the only person that makes sense for him to like 100% get rid of him, get him off your team is Keenan Allen. That's it. Though Everyone else, he could kind of make an argument to be like, I want to keep them because it makes sense to be here. But Keenan Allen, he's got to go. He's, he's the only one that I'm, I'm like working at, that he's got to trade him like a hundred percent. He's got to get off his team.
0: You're like a uh, car salesman and I'm just like a customer that comes in and I'm trying to look for different types of cars, but you're like, you keep coming back to this one car you really want to sell you're like all right yeah thanks for showing me that minivan um i'm uh, how about some sedans you're like oh yeah i have a couple i have the 2024 model game but do you remember this minivan i showed you i'm like dude okay enough about this i get it I, i i'm tired of it but um no i completely agree with you because one thing that you definitely have to see is um It's one thing to say something and say your philosophy of certain things, but then your actions can say something else, right? And we see this in just regular football time. Coaches say something, and then you see some of the transactions that they make in the offseason. You're like, "Ah, I'm not too sure. Like, let's take Mike McCarthy for an example. He kept seeing how much he wants to run it. But then what does he do? He lets Zico. Pollard is kind of signs his franchise, but then you don't really do anything else. You draft what, that really short running back in like the sixth, seventh round. And then you sign um Brandon Cooks or you go get him. Michael Gallo looks like he's coming back. Like, I don't know. I feel like everything that he says he wants to do is the opposite of what the transactions say. And the reason I say that is if you look at some of the transactions that the whirlwind has made, I definitely understand why you're kind of thinking, is he in or out? Because first he starts off by trading Kareem Hunt, like we just mentioned for a second. You're like, oh, great. You got a second round pick. And then I know it was a different second, but he essentially then spends a second and a third to get, or or, sorry, a second and a fourth to get Isaiah Hodgins and a third, which is kind of a push, but now you're trying to get someone a little bit younger. Okay, that's cool. And then he trades a bunch like we already covered for Christian Watson. And now we're saying, okay, now you're using some of the capital to get someone else young that you believe in. This makes sense. And then he starts to use a lot of his assets again to start trading up in the draft, but nothing as big as, you know, Aaron Jones being traded to get Rice, like we said. So I feel like a lot of his moves are him getting younger. But then because he has no draft picks, he kind of puts himself in a position where he does want to compete. But then you look at kind of the teens that are looking to compete and where does the whirlwind fall right now? And hey, anything can happen right now. And we always look silly because anytime we try to predict something in the PDO, we're almost always wrong. But I think right now it's very fair to kind of say, wow, there are a lot of question marks. So for me, if I was to look at this team and have trade ideas, yeah, I definitely agree with you. Uh, your favorite player of all time, Keenan Allen, should be moved. But honestly, it's got to be Ramondre, right? I'm trying to look at what player on this team has a lot of value that he can kind of get. Like, who can he cash in on right now, right? He's not going to trade Tua. He needs Tua. Uh, this is a quarterback-driven league uh, with the ways that the PDL rules are set. So he's not going to trade him unless he gets a huge haul from, like, Brian, who is obviously a big Miami fan. But I, I I don't know if I see that yet because I feel like if there was anything like that because of how close Brian and Jeff are, something like that would have already happened. Um, So now I just kind of look at Ramondre Stevenson. And I don't think it's a secret at all that there's been an arms race between Murphy Street Empire and I, and I am pretty much tapped out on all my resources. I can't really make any more moves. And Max, yes, he just made a little bit of a trade to get Mooney. But if you were to get Ramondre Stevenson, that's... That's a little different. Um, I feel like this is definitely a move that he should kind of try to entertain, whether it's kind of trading. I know Max doesn't have the most draft capital, but he definitely has more than I do. But Max also has maybe some young players as well that might fit into this team a little bit better. Uh, maybe go a little bit of the Darren slash tennis route, where you really double down on the wide receivers and trade Ramondre Stevenson and try to get some receivers that you like uh, to really solidify that or get another quarterback or whatever have you. I think that would be something, but uh, as you can see, Darren, uh, my note says trade Ramondre to Max. Period, but don't because I would actually not want that to happen because I feel like that would put an <laughs> immense amount of pressure on me. But the only reason I feel comfortable bringing this up, and it's something that you and I talk about all the time when we mention a trade happening in this uh, pod, I-, I feel like the owner's just purposefully like, no, we're not doing that anymore. I think that's why Keenan Allen hasn't been traded, right? Maybe Jeff's sitting there and be like, damn, that is such a good idea. I should trade Keenan, but <laughs> so no, I really not should. But going I can't to- now. <laughs> yeah, I can't now because uh, we can't let Darren be right. And now me saying, I think you should trade Ramondre Stevenson. I feel like his value is at an all time high right now. I don't know what the perception of him in the league is because we all know if you're a running back, that's over like 23 years old, good luck trying to trade him. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, maybe his value just isn't there, but I feel like in any other league that would kind of be a home run thing. So that's why I'm just putting it out into the universe. Cause now I could either victory lap of max, not getting Ramondre Stevenson or I victory lap in my sorrow saying, damn it. I hate that. I was right. So that's kind of uh, my take. What are your thoughts on that there? Do you think that doesn't make sense? Because, he um he as in Jeff doesn't have his own first round pick so he should be competitive or do you agree saying that maybe it is time to move on for Stevenson who kind of looks like uh the height on him is uh really on that upswing
1: so I think I think it would be fine but um I'm not sure Max would do this but I would probably want like Rashad White and a first back or something like that to trade and I still think it's like beneficial for both sides but Jeff still stays like semi competitive there. Like, he obviously gets a pretty big hit and a downgrade at running back. Um, he's going from like a top 10, 12 guy to a top 24 ish guy. Um, I know Max's first is probably going to be late as well. So, but like, he's adding draft capital to his team, which is pretty sorely needed, in my opinion, I think, um, because he needs to like fill out the team with depth um so i i think that like if he could do something like that if that could be pulled off i would totally trade ramon in, in a second um and it still honestly in my opinion makes sense for max because max is getting a guy that's like a year older than rashad white but he's way better and he's going to be way better this year so um it kind of counters what you're doing there also right so <laughs> um all right, let's let's not give him any
0: ideas. Let's relax now. Let's well, take a deep well now that
1: I said it, there's no way that's going to happen. Ah, that's fair. That's fair. Right. You're putting
0: it out there because now that kind of solidifies into the universe that's not going to come to fruition. <laughs> so no, I actually do respect that. But no, I absolutely agree. I feel like it's a trade that would make sense for both sides. Um, yeah. Max definitely. It's not like he's mortgaging much because uh, a first round pick from Murphy Shirt Empire, regardless of what year that is, that's what probably going to be at best. What, like one ten. No, 109,
1: yeah. right? 110? Yeah, yeah. Like,
0: I, I don't know. Like, I I, I feel like it's not going to be that great. And to be able to get someone like Ramondre Stevenson, especially for this run, his window is right now. Max could absolutely win, and I'm terrified every step of the way because he has fucking Travis Kelsey. But, yeah, if you got someone like Ramondre Stevenson, now I'm sitting there be like, well, I'm out of moves. I, I can't. I really can't do anything. There's no one else I have identified. I've already tried to get Ramondre Stevenson from Jeff for a little bit. Uh, failed for a little while. So uh, that's why I kind of had to reload and look elsewhere. But I feel like that is definitely a move that would work well for him. But yeah, I feel like this is definitely one of the more interesting breakdowns that we've done so far, because I feel like the uh, further along we go, we talk about uh, franchises that I'm not saying is in disarray. That's not what this team is at all. This team was a playoff team last year, a wild card team. So this team has a solid direction. This new owner in Jeff, uh, one of the most unique and uh, really most fun owner i shouldn't play favorites but i always do say jeff is one of my favorites and i feel like uh the way that he's putting together the team is really really interesting as well do you remember what team he took over was this joe's team i don't remember whose team this was
1: mayo it was adam's
0: adam yeah no mayo wow man pdl's lasted for such a long time yeah Jesus Christ. But anyway, I feel like the way um that this team is going is great. It uh, hurts me to see T. Higgins on this team because I traded him to this team. And ever since, he's gotten just better and better. But I, I you yep. love to see it, though, because you love to see the players that you drafted do well. I've always been a huge uh, T. Higgins fan. You know that there. But yep. overall, what are your thoughts on this team in general? Do you, uh, Would you say they're in or are they out?
1: Of the playoffs?
0: No, I think in the direction. Which way would uh, you lead?
1: Like- But wouldn't in be meaning that he wants to make the playoffs? That's what in means, right? Yeah. Like, no, I meant like if you were him, would
0: you lean in? Like, if you were the GM, like, let's say he hired you as a co owner and he's like, all right, I I can make a choice right now. I could lean more in, or we could now lean out. Out as in trade Keenan, trade Ramondre, trade, um,
1: I Maybe probably, even Damian
0: Pierce, uh, you know, what I'm trying to say just like anyone that might yeah. definitely Dalton Schultz. There's probably no market for him, but if you could even get like you know, a second or a third or just whatever, just try to get whatever. Um, but yeah, would you be in
1: or out? I would probably try and tear down from my very, very good players, um, me maybe even the quarterbacks like if you can tear down a level but like acquire draft picks while you're doing it if that is possible I would probably that's probably what I would do so I guess I'd be more out than in Um, but if you could do like Ramondre for Rashad White in the first or if you could do T Higgins for I don't know some other like Elijah Moore in a first I know it's another max player but um, if you're if you're able to do something along those lines I think that's probably what I would try and do because you're still keeping like young talent You're also acquiring draft picks. And I think that he needs draft picks, but Jeff is probably going to say this advice is stupid and just do whatever he's doing because he does have like good young players, he just doesn't have enough of them.
0: Yeah, I feel like depth is something that is always sought after in the PDL. No matter how good your team is time and time again when the season gets started, it really shows how important um, having depth is because the injury bug can come at any time and it can be super right. severe. Darren, you know that. Your team got decimated last year. Yep. So you know more than anyone. I felt like uh, you had one of the better running back rooms heading in and then you had no running back room at all once the season pretty much got started. I was like, oh my God, this guy is just getting wrecked. And so I don't need to tell you how important depth is, but overall, Jeff, you're putting together quite the squad. I'm really interested to see how this team continues to develop, and I don't think either of us would be surprised at all if he makes the playoffs again, right?
1: I mean, he did it last year, so he totally could do it again. He's he's definitely going to be right there in the competition because I think a lot of these guys that he has acquired, like he likes them, so he probably won't really want to move them. So I think that they might be on his roster, and if they stay healthy, he's definitely going to be in the mix.
0: Jeff's about to win a playoff game before you, isn't he?
1: I fucking hope not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if, he, if he sneaks in as a wild card as the sixth seed and then, like, I don't know, plays you and then beats you, I, I'm just going to be like, oh, my God, this is fucking awesome. Like, th- I mean, inject this into like, my
1: veins. It's like, you know, destiny that I'm just never to win a playoff game. Oh, my God. But...
0: If you were to lose, dude, I feel like Brett would never need Viagra in his life. He would just need to replay that instance, and he'd just get rock hard and be like, oh, my
1: God, Darren just got fucked again
0: in the playoffs. This is amazing.
1: That's literally all he wants. And
0: just He doesn't even want to win. He just wants you to lose. No, I'm kidding. <laughs>
1: yeah, he doesn't even want to win anymore because he's he's done it. He made it to the championship game. He just wants me to lose now forever. Yeah,
0: he has multiple playoff wins, and he's just like, yeah, it just brings me life. That just Darren just unfortunately can't get one under the belt. But it, it's really hard to do so. But, Darren, this might be the year. I, I keep telling you off air, uh, your team. As a depth, and I feel like every time I see some kind of off season news, it's always kind of a good news for you. So, I guess to kind of put an end on things, uh, it's kind of a little bit of a mini retrospective. H- how have you enjoyed your off season so far for the Carolina Thunder?
1: I-, I think it's went relatively well. I mean, I don't see anything like super bad in my, you know, I, I mean, what, what bad thing can happen from this point forward for me, aside from, I guess, injury, which would be terrible, but...
0: I mean, that could happen to anyone, but I feel (laughs) like a lot of the things that have happened for you, not too bad right i mean like uh, what what are your feelings how has how it aged with dj moore going over the bears i feel like uh, dj moore has cemented myself as like every night i think of dj moore i think of you just because of that huge trade it wasn't even that huge of a trade but a trade that you made in the pdl where you went out and acquired them but are you uh has that aged
1: well um i would say no <laughs> because i gave up a Oh, on, no, I meant, like, um
0: him going over to the Bears, like, have are, like in your offseason so far. Do you think, no, I think that that's has appreciated? Yeah, that's what I mean. So, I feel like, overall, your team's got little bumps here and there. Like, yeah, bumps I in a good that, way, like, like up.
1: I and mean, I think DJ Moore is good enough where he could make, like, that next jump that, like, Stefan Diggs did and, like, other guys, AJ Brown. Like, I think he is good enough where he could do that. Um, It just depends if Justin Fields is good enough to allow that to happen.
0: I feel like um, there's been a steady beat drum of everyone in Justin Fields' camp. And uh, I have always been a huge fan of Justin Fields, but uh, ever since Max got him and been on his team, I feel like I've soured on him. No fault of Justin Fields at all. It's just I'm like, damn, if he's actually good, I am so freaking screwed because uh, Max's team is unbelievable as it is. But, yeah, overall, it should be really interesting to see how the rest of this uh, offseason goes. I believe um, it should should slowly start picking up right there. And I feel like camps are about to start uh, and all the. Man, oh God, I really hope uh, that that just means injury season, right? I feel like every notification that comes on my phone now, I'm just gonna hold my breath and yeah, be like, please, all
1: tears, please.
0: Oh my God, stop! Yeah, uh-huh. uh, unfortunately, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen again this year. I'm sure. I'm just waiting to see who it is. So, um, everyone bless their knees and all soft tissues. Uh, Darren, I hope you get through this off season or the rest of the remaining off season, uh, injury free. But um, gosh, man. I feel like this is the biggest anxiety time for all dynasty owners, right? It's this time where you're just like, please, no injuries. Please don't. Because it's, I mean, everything's beyond your control, but sometimes if you get an injury now, like, sometimes it ends before it even starts. Like, right now, what if they said, oh, Lamar Jackson just tore his ACL? I'd be like, Jesus fucking Christ, it's over for me already. Like, this whole arms race is fucking over already.
1: It'd be open. Door would open for me though. i will be yeah. You'd be like, "Hey Suck Tommy, you, but I'll be all
0: right with that." <laughs> you'd be shit. <laughs> you be like, "Oh, you know, Tommy, that sucks." And in your back of your head, you're like, "Oh fuck,
1: dude, like I'm in now.
0: I'm fucking in."
1: It's like now, I got one less thing to worry about. Then yeah, you're like, "Oh in, yeah." Bro. Max, <laughs> has like this? Is how it felt Murray when I the didn't
0: day. have Deshaun Watson for a
1: while, bud. So, uh, good luck, Tommy. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I you don't want to see anyone get injuries like that though, especially before the season starts. Like that, that just is like a killer before you can even have any fun at all. Yeah.
0: So hopefully, uh, this offseason season isn't too brutal with injuries. We'll see where it goes. Um, uh, but one last thing, I kind of want to put a uh, pin or to, I guess, finish this episode there. New York Jets, hard knocks team. I I don't think we talked about this at all together. Uh, what are your thoughts? I feel like this is a very obvious choice now. Looking, okay, I'd be like, oh yeah, they're gonna be able to manufacture so much drama or just storylines, if you will.
1: Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I was like, this is just the most obvious choice ever. Like there was, I could see it coming from a mile away.
0: I feel like Aaron Rodgers. Every time he's forced to talk about it, he's kind of taking it and be like, oh, it was forced upon us. I'm like, dude, you're like fucking 38 years old. You you fucking love this. You attention whore. You love this. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's all he wants in life now at this point is just to be talked about.
0: I feel like this is gonna be uh interesting. I feel like um Harnax has really gone downhill like the past like two, three years, don't you think?
1: Yeah, it's become like very formulaic.
0: Yeah, that's a great way to put it.
1: It's like they they pick out like three fringe guys on the run on the roster, and they, like, talk about them. I mean, they don't then... even
0: really do that anymore. The old ones, they used to just pick, like, random guys. Like, remember that one year? There was that tight end that was really into, like, minerals and rocks, and I was like, what the fuck is, like, Kajus, I think was his name. Yeah. I was just like, what the hell is this? But that was, like, interesting. But now I feel like they don't even really follow fringe guys anymore. I remember that yeah, one I season, think... they just followed J.J. Watt for a while, and I was like, why? Like, Harnox isn't oh, meant for more That was, coverage. like, the whole season. Yeah, I was yeah. like, J.J. Watt doesn't need more coverage. Like, he's the most recognizable player on this defense like what, what is happening right now
1: yeah i i don't know like i i still watch it but i'm starting getting to the point where like unless they like kind of switch it up in some way um i might stop because it's kind of getting old
0: yeah and i feel like it doesn't help because hbo used to have a stranglehold on like sports doc like hard knocks was like the only Sports documentary that like kind of broke the barrier, kind of gave people a peek in the curtains. But now there's oh. so many other documentaries about the NFL, like quarterback. We we're just talking about that. Netflix uh, came out quarterback not too long ago. Um, I've watched most of it. I know you said you haven't started, but it's very good. But I feel like there's slowly all these other kind of documents. I know um, Amazon used to have all or nothing. I believe that was the series that they used to have. I don't think they're continuing that anymore. But, like, there are other players in this game now. And so I feel like Hard Knocks has kind of not really changed much and has stick to the same formula, and it's getting really, really stale. And I think one additional thing is it's very apparent now that the NFL team, I, they've always had this control of what, like what goes out but i feel like nothing was more apparent than that one covid year where they covered both the Chargers and rams or i was like oh my god this is literally just like a propaganda piece for the nfl they're like yeah, the "NFL was. cares it's all just covid look at how well they're doing i'm just like boring like this is just horrible and obviously they got a little bit better but i don't know it's just not the same as like the rex ryan days or you know like when when they really felt a little bit more unfiltered even though it was probably Once again, formulaic, but I don't know. Maybe the personalities were bigger, but like for this Jets one, are we really expecting anything crazy? Like Aaron Rodgers probably going to be very mild, but then everyone's going to talk about how crazy he's like, oh my God, Aaron Rodgers said this, and then we're going to watch the clip, and he's just going to be like normal, right? He's going to be like, yeah, yeah, it's a little blah, blah, blah. And then the quote's going to be everywhere. People are going to be freaking out, but I don't know. Um, I just feel like there are a lot of personalities. like Quinn Williams. I feel like no one's really talking about him, but he's also freaking hilarious, and he's (laughs) still on this team. But he's like... No one that anyone talks about just because of all the other big ones.
1: Yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting because it's the Jets. Um, it's New York. It's still it still could be just as bad as the last couple seasons have been, honestly.
0: Okay, so um, my mic stopped working there. I was just saying. I was going to say, I I think I lost it, But I said that Garrett Wilson's (laughs) about to get this hard knock bump. And his value has already gone through the roof. So I bet you're pretty excited to see uh, this hard knock because I feel like it's going to be pretty good for your team because you have him.
1: Yeah, I can't imagine how much higher his value could go. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I, I see people that are like the fantasy analyst dudes that are like tweeting about Garrett Wilson. And they're like, there's three players I would take over, Garrett Wilson in a startup draft, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, and Pat Mahomes. And it's like, what the fuck?
0: <laughs> How did this happen? So his value is already there. And you know, you know when Hard Knocks comes out, like he's going to have a very good rapport with Aaron Rodgers, I'm sure. And he's going to – I mean, he's like Odell. Like he's so explosive, Garrett Wilson. And just watching him move on the field, he's just different. So I feel like yeah. when you have – you know a whole you're just doing the pre-seasons and you're just trying to find footage like these guys uh from hbo the film team is gonna be like yeah let's focus on this guy it's gonna be great so yeah soon he's gonna be like is justin jefferson even deserve to be in the same breath as garrett wilson i feel like we're gonna get there obviously that's hyperbolic but i'm excited for you because uh man his value has not just skyrocket but it's almost already baked in as if he's already a top receiver which he definitely yeah. deservedly so but um Man, just hard knock, bump. I feel like everyone usually does get a bump. So what, Breeze Hall? I feel like they're really going to show and rehabbing it yeah, really well. So everyone's getting really stuff. excited. Oh, yeah, people are going to get hot and bothered about that. But it's going to be funny because, like, I don't know why. I feel like whenever hard knocks comes out, everyone's really surprised that these full-time athletes are in shape. Everyone's like, oh, my God, did you see his calves? I'm like, bro, his entire job is to just like they pay people to feed and nourish their body so they can keep working out 24 7. I hope their quads and calves look good. you know what I mean like when people really? are coming out with um Mike Davis, remember that like three years ago when there was like that one picture of Mike Davis and like mini go like dude, he's shredded. I'm like, dude, he's an NFL running back. How was this a surprise to anyone?
1: <laughs> I know I know it's like some of the stuff is just such such a reach for just like you know something to talk about, you know
0: that's how thirsty we are for any kind of news. But with that being said (laughs) there, let's put this to a nice wrap. I'm excited for, um, you know, the hard knocks. I'm going to watch it regardless because it
1: is the jets, but, uh, yeah,
0: thanks for jumping. Oh, wait. Oh, have you not watched quarterback for a reason or you just haven't gotten to it yet?
1: No, haven't gotten to it yet. I was watching the bear.
0: Oh my God. I haven't gotten to that yet. Um, but I need to recommend it. Is season two, just as good as season one.
1: Yeah. It's awesome. Like they're, there's so many like really like one of the episodes is like an hour and a half long, but it's like it's awesome. Like I just so and I I does like the first season when you start watching it, it takes like a couple episodes. It's a to slow kind of, like, burn, like, but bowl. it's so addicting. It, it's so good, yeah. Like it's it's such a good it's show. So and frantic, i was watching. It
0: makes you feel like it's like you're in the line cook. Like you're right there. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, like season two, I think it's like episode six, seven, and eight. Like there's a stretch where I was like, this show is perfect like and and it's like not obviously not every episode is going to be like that but i, I was mean, gonna say have... the show
0: is not for everyone so i actually yeah. we've never talked about this so i'm actually surprised that you're even talking about but yeah okay very respectable. that's the reason you haven't seen quarterback because you're watching <laughs> yeah. the bear that's, i'll
1: get to it I, are you surprised that i know the bear kingdom? there that should have blown um, your pants off. A, a little bit a little bit um but i've been playing tears of the kingdom too the new zelda game i've been playing that a lot because oh, i I've, I've realized right that um playing xbox is a little more challenging than playing on the switch because the switch i can just play while jackie's watching like a tv show oh my so, god like... i
0: can't tell you the amount of times where my friends are like hey you want to get on I'm like sorry emily's watching Greys and enemies right now so yeah uh, so I can't. I
1: can't really do that right now but uh because especially because right now we only have one tv like we haven't gotten your picture the other frame room. tv yeah, yeah, so we only have one TV. So like if she wants to watch, because she's she watches that Sex in the Shitty <laughs> <that's a laughs> Shitty. But um she watches that new like the reboot of Sex in the City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so like she was watching that the other day. I was playing just Zelda. So like you know that. She's that just like my, my husband's
0: favorite. a fucking nerd just playing on his little Nintendo. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes, I'm a 30-year-old man playing on my Nintendo Switch. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, I respect it, but no, you definitely should. But I feel like that's not something that Jackie's really going to be into, though, huh? Uh,
1: no, she will. Um, so like I, I was playing it the other day, and like, um, I don't have you played a Zelda game like recently?
0: Uh, no, I haven't even played Breath of the Wild, which I heard is like game so- like everyone's favorite game
1: real quick because I'm seeing that we only have like a couple minutes left but real quick there's like shrines where you have to do like puzzles and stuff to like solve the challenges to get to the end to get your like little orb to get like a heart container mm-hmm. or a stamina vessel Um, but like when I'm doing those like she kind of like watches sort of Um, because like some of them are like how the fuck do I do this and mm-hmm. like <laughs> the one she was like well why don't you try that and that was like what I tried and it worked and so she was she oh, was a she was more in. into it. She was like, oh, yeah. man, this was
0: actually... Okay, I can see why you're
1: into this. It's That's the only part of the whole game she gives a shit about, though. Like the escape room part where you have to do the puzzles. Yeah. Yes.
0: The parts where I get stuck, and then I just end up going on YouTube, and I'm like, God, this Stop game is made for 12-year-olds, forever. and I'm 30, and I can't even figure this out, so I'm watching, like... Some guy who videotaped it with their webcam and like, oh hey guys, this is how you get past the section. And they're I'm like, oh my god, I'm fucking terrible. And
1: like doing it, yeah. And it's <laughs> it's like, what, like, I click it some based on stuff- how long
0: it is. Some of them, I'm like, how does this one part take like 17 minutes? And then I see like another one, so it's only like two and a half minutes. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna watch that. And I'm like, and then I get upset because the quality of that walkthrough is terrible. And I'm like, I did this to myself.
1: Yeah, some of the stuff's like really insane though, because like they'll figure out like these. These glitches in the game, where like you can multiply your <laughs> diamonds and stuff, and it's like yeah, you hit like, this oh, rock fuck. here,
0: and then you turn off and save, and then you reload here, and now you're gonna have a duplicate glitch. And I'm like, yeah,
1: yeah, no, how I'm all not How do you right. figure this shit out? Like how, <laughs> how how do you figure it out? I don't understand. Like how are you? I I, I don't know. Like it's insane. Like how they're like, I, I mean, I guess that they have a lot of time on their hands, but even still, like how are you pushing the buttons in this order for this to happen? That you like realize that this can work like that like it's, yeah. it's insane
0: like for me like if it happened to any of us we're like oh shit i i just randomly this random thing happened but i have no idea how i can replicate what i just did for this to happen again kind of thing but people yeah. have figured it out like these are the exact steps you have to do do <laughs> always do this and i'm just like oh my god what is happening right like now they're, but... they're
1: literally just sitting there just trying to figure out hacks in the game and it's like <laughs> this exploits how do you have this much time on your hands they're not even playing the
0: game they're just like how do we break this that's all we care about that's how it's fun for us but (laughs) all right i know we try to end this episode a billion times but we really have to because (laughs) i don't want to have another 10 minute break with zoom oh my god fucking zoom that fucking sucks but anyway thanks guys for joining in but until next time take care thank you
1: for tuning in to the podcast i hope you enjoyed your meal we'll catch you next time